from the Underground Studio. This is the Sipping Social Podcast. My name is Mike Carl. I'm here with my boy and certified bourbon steward, Garrett Turnquist. Yo. We also have our stellar producer on the mic, Johnny. Say what up. What's up? We're here to dive into all aspects of the restaurant industry. We truly love what we do and more so we love talking about it. We're going to pour, sample, review anything you need to know about. Pour yourself a cocktail and join us on this journey. Let's Let's go. go. Hey guys, uh, welcome to podcast number 10 at the Sipping Social Podcast. This is kind of a milestone for us. Garrett, can you believe it that we've made it to number 10? It's incredible. And we haven't even strangled each other yet? We're still friends. (laughs) We're still friends, but it's early. It's a Christmas miracle. (laughs) (laughs) A huge day for us over here. We're really excited to be here and and get to this point. We couldn't do it without you guys. That's Yes, that's you, the listeners. We also couldn't do it without our family and friends who have allowed us to be a part of this and uh, really support us and encourage us to continue doing it. So thank you for that. Uh, today, we have a couple buddies uh, joining us from Manbot Coffee Roasters. Is that right? Just Manbot Coffee. Yeah. No, Manbot Coffee Roasters. Oh, perfect. I got it right, dude. Nailed awesome. It. Look at this shirt. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, we've worked with these guys in the restaurant for a long time. Um, we've known them for a long time personally. Uh, professionally, they're great dudes. We're really excited to hear about their journey and where they come from and how they got into the coffee world. Uh, but first of all, let's talk about what we're sipping on right now because that's what we do. That's our tradition. Garrett, what do you got? Because I know you got you want to brag about it. Oh, that, that brag's over. Uh, <laughs> I finished that a while ago. The, I'm drinking the Old Forester 1897 bottled and bond. All right, what, what were you drinking? Oh, the Blanton's Gold. All right, we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. That's fantastic. Mike, what are you sipping on? I have the, uh, the Willet three-year pot still. Beautiful. Clab, it's what you got. Uh, I don't know. You just poured this for me. Oh, nice. I was, I was drinking the Traverse City, the port cast. That was <laughs> then I should tell you that yeah, you're tell drinking. Me what I was drinking. You're, you're drinking the Four Roses single barrel, single. which is delicious. And we have our lovely producer Johnny. What are you drinking? Yeah, I'm drinking that. Actually, drinking on that Blanton's Gold that Garrett brought over for me tonight, and uh, it's ridiculous. I had a full glass and got about a quarter inch left. <laughs> I am also sipping on that. Thank you, Garrett, for bringing that over. I'm uh, super glad to be drinking it. Let's have a little cheers and then a good little podcast here, boys. Cheers. Excited to be sitting here with you. Cheers. Johnny, cheers. Cheers. Mm. That is tasty. Uh, everybody, check us out on Instagram. Check out our Facebook page. Uh, our merchandise is going to be built up a little bit more. We have an exciting news regarding that that we'll release in the next couple of weeks. We're partnering up with somebody who's going to sponsor some of our uh, merchandise, which I haven't really even talked about, but we'll, we'll get into that. That's kind of a little bit of a teaser. In the spirit of them being coffee roasters and you guys having your own company, I brought some specialty beers that we're going to review. Those are going to be the beer reviews, all of them made with coffee from different breweries from all across the U.S. I'm excited to talk about that. Our customer of the week <laughs> this week, I can't wait to talk about. And actually, a young lady demonstrated this nicely for me recently and asked me to actually give a shout-out to her on the podcast. So this is going to be my shout-out to her on the podcast about how she was a verbal tipper. And we'll get into what a verbal tipper is and how that does not pay the bills in the restaurant industry. Uh, We'll come into that in a little bit. Uh, We got an update on the new beer, tax, wine, uh, gas, cigarette, smoke. All that, all the syntaxes that were about to be put into play, most of them got canceled except for the smokes and the gas one, which is great for our industry. Garrett, what's your thoughts on that? I'm all for that. Uh, not paying more taxes, of course, but not charging <laughs> extra for liquor and beer and wine. So uh, I'm happy that it didn't go through. Uh, the gas hits me a little bit harder with a little bit longer commute now, but also there's um, 
Weed. <laughs> Weed is legal. We didn't talk about that. Weed is legal. Yeah, you didn't even bring that one up. Yeah, let's talk about it. Uh, January 1st, a lot of people are going to be walking around kissing the sky in Illinois, which is fantastic. Yeah, I'm going to buy a farm. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> what are you going to grow? You need investors? Yeah, yeah. spinach <laughs> and the wacky tobacco. That's where I'm going. That would be a gnarly combo if you could crossbreed those two. I'm having a salad. It's fine. I'm it's having a, sa- a salad. It's a salad. You're high I'm as a kite. I'm smoke this blunt afterwards. <laughs> no, but, but like, like the, the spinach I, makes you high. Yeah, yeah, it'd be good. I, I, I guarantee I you, at some point, there will be some else. THC influ- in, infused uh, spinach. Yes, yeah, so, so you can do it up CBD. That's a, I, I honestly like thinking about that for work. Like I'm trying to figure out, like, all right, how do I, how do I get that going? Like, how do I make the burger of the week? Have some guns in it. <laughs> the fucking like CBD, like aioli, and then like just like a fucking fried bud on top of it. That sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds super good. Yeah. Well, oh, or man. like, like, yeah, like, so like, like a tincture a, like pasta a, or something like that, you know, like, like a deep fried nug just on top of a yeah, burger. Why not? Who cares? Do you think that would increase sales or decrease sales? It would be weird. Yeah. It, it, you'd have a lot of, a lot of squatters. Yeah, for sure. I can't, as soon as I can't leave leave kicked, I'm like, yeah, I'm taking another dessert. Right? <laughs> uh, could somebody wake up the guy at 12 who's passed out from his weed coma? Yeah. Do you guys sell chips? <laughs> You guys got peanuts here? Do you, do, you have, do you have chocolate milk? Can I get some oyster crackers? I just got some munchies. Dude, all I need and another right water is the tallest glass of chocolate milk you can give me. People are just diving into waters. You're just dropping them off, and they're just like head first into the water, mm-hmm. slurping it up. All right, well, we need people drinking booze at our restaurants. No, yeah, of course, yeah. But now, check this out. In relation to that, think about how Amsterdam does it. They have split-level clubs and restaurants where on the first level it's a dispensary. Mm-hmm. Second level is a restaurant. You, you can smoke in there and drink in there. Third level is a club, and it's like only drinking. So you have all the different variations of that within one. Oh boy, John's got something to say. And the basement's got the titties, right? Oh boy. So that's what we do. That's <laughs> so. So that's what we do as social. We have a basement over there. We, we have a basement. We have multiple rooms. That remember yeah. when John was going to bring over a pool table and we were going to have a little uh, speakeasy down there. So then we have the, the titties in the back room. And this is already off the rails. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's so inappropriate for me. It's terribly inappropriate. It'll be underneath the street, though. Nobody will know yeah, about no, it. Yeah, you can't would see that, it. Would it's that... out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> well, the only reason why the pool table is going to be in the basement is that if you have a handful of dollars on you, you could blame it on the pool table. Oh, I'm playing pool. I'm putting the dollars in the pool table, not in this girl's crotch. <laughs> that's true. That's true. God, why are we that's why? brilliant brilliant I won't, I, yeah, i'll try to keep us on track I'm that's, right. let's, let's, we'll give it. that's perfect uh so january 1st weed is going to either help or you know what this is part of the eve this is going yeah, to affect this is, is going to affect the eve so we got the yearly industry ebb and flow we're going to bring up later this is going to affect it one way or another you'll have people coming in with the munchies spending a ton of money i will that's, say this though there's some cheap ass stoners out there Oh yeah, they'll they'll spend money on like thousand dollar rigs and then leave you two bucks for an eighty dollar tab because they gotta go buy a nug for their next rig. Yeah, yeah. Which is that? <laughs> so stoners start spending a little bit more money. Stop giving us bad names. <laughs> I mean, they're all they us. are on limited incomes. I mean, they don't make a minimum wage for a lot of them. I mean, it's like yeah, they don't all live in their parents' basement. I know not all, but yeah, some of them live in the first floor bedroom. But I mean. <laughs> That's just because the basement isn't finished. Yeah, the basement's still working on it for twenty years. Is it cool to sleep in the den until you get that shit fixed? If if you hadn't smoked weed the last twenty years, you'd have your own basement to live in. Can't fit the food town down the stairs. Mm. Just can't figure it out, Dad. Speaking of weed, they have weed in Mexico. 
Guess what else they have in Mexico? Avocados. Exactly. (laughs) Avocados and limes. It almost had new tariffs put into place this past Monday. Would have been huge for the industry because... Do you remember when we had the uh, the um, oh, what was it the um, the cartel takeover of the limes like Dude, four was, years ago was, yeah, when boxes yeah. of limes are going for ninety to one hundred and twenty dollars yeah. more expensive yeah. than steak. You yeah. can the, the cost of a Captain and Coke went from five fifty or legitimately two fifty to seven fifty based on the, the slice of lime that you were putting on there. Yeah, that's not so that <laughs> that would have been a similar thing. Avocados and limes all would have been jacked up, Johnny's but thank happy. God. Uh, and Johnny, 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 Johnny over. Yeah, like, this is gonna. <laughs> I definitely felt the hurt in that, considering yeah. that I drink like seven or eight Captain and Cokes a day. Uh, it was probably like two or three limes a day. Uh, it was probably like eight to twelve dollars. Did you a have day. to dip like, into your retirement fund? Just for no, limes? No, not at all. Captain. I'm good. <laughs> so we're really glad that uh, that our, what did what did you call him? Our uh, uh, the president, Master Chief, our Master Chief, is that what you call him? Yeah. Master Chief, our Master Chief master uh, decided Chief. to pull the tariffs because he came up with the immigration laws, which is fantastic. That we can all take a breathe a huge sigh of relief. How would that have affected the coffee world? Um, are any it would have beans done some weird, weird stuff to like? Well, your beans aren't from. We'll get into this in a little bit, but yeah. your beans aren't from Mexico. But do it, coffee it, beans it, come from Mexico? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, well, yeah. A, a lot of coffee does come from Mexico, so um, they, that would have been a huge thing. Yeah, yeah. which I mean, it would have never came from Mexico if he had done that, though. Like nobody, everybody like, would have gone somewhere think, else. Yeah, like maybe Starbucks could pull it off, but I don't think anybody in the coffee world could have really, afforded it. Yeah, no. Right, like with smaller guys like us, absolutely not. Not a chance in hell. <clears throat> Uh, let's get into this interview with you guys. Tell us about how you guys got started in the coffee industry and uh, how you guys came together as like this joint venture is what my man back coffee roasters is. Yeah, I mean, starting out with me, prior to roasting, I spent uh, close to 10 years working for Starbucks, all different levels from barista up to store managers and everything in between. I worked at a number of stores over the years. It was fun. I, I, I developed a love for coffee working for them, but at uh, the end of the day, it, it, it is pretty darn corporate, you know, sure. and it's a... Uh, you know, and it was time for me to leave. I was like, nothing is more soul crushing than you working a drive through window at six in the morning and telling you that for every 40 people that come through every half hour, you need to offer them your holiday blend special to every single person and have everyone tell you no for three hours on end. It's just, it's painful. It sounds, um, sounds so yeah, crushing. That's yeah, a good way to yeah, put it. Yeah. <laughs> As I was doing it, like maybe they could hear it in my voice. I'm like, I don't want to be doing this, but would you guys be interested in our holiday blend today? It's, you know, you buy one pound, you get another pound for 50% off. And it's like, there was no passion in my voice. I just, I did not care about it. Anyway, so, but working for them to develop a love of coffee and um, kind of through a variety of job changes in the years that followed me leaving the company, I got, actually, I was actually sought out to be the uh, the head coffee roaster at Two Brothers. I was, a, I was a server there with them for a little while, left the company entirely, uh, working an awful job, and their, uh, their director of coffee reached out to me and said, hey, I know you're interested at one point in time. We have an opening. Do you want to come in and at least interview? And I got the job. I knew, I knew a little bit about the process of roasting, but didn't really know anything about the ins and outs of it or day-to-day production of coffee. Um, picked it up pretty quick because um, when I got hired at Two Brothers, we were rapidly ramping up in production. Uh, it picked up pretty fast and um, it basically kind of just dove, dove head in with the uh, production manager and um, lead roaster position. We had an opening for Chris initially initially just for part-time and due yeah. to uh, both mine and his persistence, we <laughs> made it a full-time job. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, combination of our persistence and just out of a need. We needed somebody else who was going to be there like working full or more than full-time 
you know, on the ground, like packing coffee, roasting coffee. And um, because we kind of demonstrated that need, so we got Chris in. Yeah, I, I don't even remember exactly like why I jumped on. I just knew that Mike was somewhere and whatever his mic, Mike was doing, like, I was like, yeah, I want a part of that, you know. And I was at the butcher shop. It just wasn't, you know, like I was just like, I need to, I need to move up. Like I need to continue to grow. I want to, I also have always just wanted to learn something. I feel like I was at a point where I was like, all right, like I've learned as much as they're going to be able to show me. I'm out. I'm going to go learn this. And then Mike showed me tons and tons and tons of stuff with coffee. It was great. Where were you uh, a butcher at? Wheat and meat. Wheat and meat market? Yeah. Okay. How long were you there for? I was there like five years. Five years? Yeah. But yeah, then I, you know, I jumped, I jumped over there and pretty much, yeah, it was at first it was just part-time and I was just like helping Mike package and it was insane how much stuff that we were doing over there. And I was like, like man this is fucking cool you know like i really enjoy coffee I like so that's how the the, the dream became it yeah, started to, well, like to start that's, your where, own... that's where like the i guess the the seed was planted Ooh. yeah yeah so we were we were doing all this work for them and um <clears throat> again like we learned a lot while we were there but it got to a certain point it's kind of like we were doing all the like we were accepting all the orders that were coming in via email or you know via text whatever else and we were processing the orders we were you know figuring out you know figuring out our production schedule figuring out what needed to be roasted figuring out how to roast it everything else and how much coffee did we end up roasting by the end of the year like after i came on i came on in like mid-year and what, yeah, were, that, what did we finish that, out that with? one year we roasted um over a hundred thousand pounds of coffee yeah, on, so on a like, roaster that handles 22 pounds at a time yeah. that's a lot of dimp right there <laughs> that's a lot of coffee so like um, like we really enjoyed it it was just getting insane it was like we were and we were only planning on doing more and more and more so the realization of the amount of coffee you're making and the fact that you guys can do it yeah help plant that seed to to move on to the next level of where where you guys are at today so you decide to do your own thing you don't yeah. have your own coffee shop like there's no like standalone building uh What's your operation like right now? When we first started out, even before we, even before we decided to jump ship, we reached out to another local roaster, and because um, we're like, if we're gonna go out and do this, we need to have somewhere to roast. Like we need somewhere to make coffee. That's like first priority number one. And looking at what kind of doesn't happen a lot, but happens fairly often in the brewing world, where people will contract roast if they can't afford a brewery of their own, they will rent time and space on somebody else's brewery until sure. they get up and running. At the time, we hadn't heard of anybody else doing that in the roasting world, but we approached um, approached another company and said, hey, would you guys be open to doing this and renting out your roaster during your off hours? And we were super nervous about it, and they like, didn't even bat an eye. They were like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, that, that's sure. that's cool. Yeah, yeah. It was, well, so, it was so very weird. cool. It was so, yeah, we, it was so weird. It was like, oh, yeah, no problem. No, no worries. Yeah. Cool. Like, help yeah, help sure. you get okay, started. Cool. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, great. We, we, right, were, like, we were super nervous. We were sweating, and they are like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, totally fine. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll work out a price rate and we'll figure out, you know, like we'll just work on your guys' schedule. Because clearly having like a roaster is a very clutch thing yeah, yeah. In, in the coffee world. Now, well, especially you, if you're you rent out like... the space or do your own based on the amount that you're making. I know that um, the, what's the place, I don't even say the name, but the coffee shop in downtown, I mean, they just got their own roaster. I believe that they were that's, roasting elsewhere. That's who, that's that's who, who you guys That's who we work with. That's who yeah. you guys work with. They, they allow you guys great. to use yeah. the, that's awesome. Yeah, those guys are, those guys are really them. nice. They're super nice. It's been a, um, just a wonderful uh, relationship so far. Cool. Um, as far as like, they've been, um, they've just been very, very helpful with helping us get going, giving us time and space in their roaster. Sometimes it's had to be at, at weird times given mine and Chris's current schedule, sure. but they've been very flexible with us. Can you kind of just go through that process of, of roasting the coffee and, and you know how much those machines cost and sort of like the startup of that and like why you chose to just go with somebody as a source of using their equipment? 
one of the biggest things, like one being at Two Brothers, like we were already in the brewery world, and Mike and I really enjoy beer. You know, like we were homebrew together. Mike does amazing homebrew, by the way. My biggest like thing was like I I I love Salamoth, and it was like I would go Mike, Mike, we can fucking do this. I'm like, let's do it the way Salamoth does it. Like have a tasting room or a fucking roaster in the back, and we play punk rock music. Like let's do it different than every other coffee shop. And from there, it was like, all right, well, what else do breweries do? And that's when we were like, oh, shit, like we can rent space off of another one because I don't have 30 Gs in my pocket right now for a roaster. And Wait, that's, why not? that's <laughs> I don't know. I wish I did. It would be nice, man. Let us know when but, you do so you can get some sponsorship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So you want to buy a podcast? For sure, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that, that was part of it. It was just, it was, I mean, on average, it's like it's like 30 30 grand for that's clearly pretty expensive for a roaster you know but like just for the roaster just for the roaster just for the roaster we're, talking for, about we're not talking about the space the amount it's, of shit that goes into like yeah. getting it going yeah. the space, you know but you know, scales coffee storage uh packaging everything else. yeah just for the machine itself you're looking at 25 to 30 grand yeah. so you said you were doing 22 pounds a batch on the two brothers one well how many pounds is this one make? uh the current roaster we're working on with um uh, the guys at Wheaton, they, uh, it's a Diedrich IR-12, so they always operate off of, off of kilos. So we roast like 16 pounds at a time. Drives me nuts. Drives <laughs> yeah, me it's, nuts. It's nuts. Kilos pisses me off. Well, yeah. that whole metric system will help out so when weed's much. legal now. Yeah, no, yeah. for sure. Like, well, If I had like grown up with it, I'd been like, yeah, that's no big deal. But... So if you were to get your hands on a roaster and spend $30,000 on it, is this something that you can like set up? Like in your, like if you had like a, a garage or like a, a bar in the back, you know, like some sort of space to actually roast. Can you do that at your house, or is there some sort of legal thing we have to have like a? Co- uh, coffee's weird, man. You know what I'm like saying? Like there's I, no, there's no. From what, for how long we've been in it at this point, like I haven't seen what the restrictions are. Like there's restrictions on obviously like retail. Like you're you're dealing with same retail like restrictions anybody else would. And then, like, for cold brew, like, you need to get state inspected on the facility that you're doing it out of. Like, you're, you should be, you know, bottling under cold conditions, you know, like a refrigerated area. Other than that, it's, there's so much. I shouldn't even say it, because now, like, I put it out there, like, people are like, oh, fuck that shit. You know, but, like, put, you know, like, it's, there's so many, there's so much gray area for it. Because, like, it's one of those things where it's like, all right, you, you take a, you take a product from green, you roast it, and you put, like, you know, 400 plus degrees Fahrenheit on it. And then, then you package it. And the way that you're packaging it is like, you're sealing it off from like the elements. Sure. Something might, there might be a little cross contamination, but if there were as the consumer, you grind it and then you pour hot water on it and you're over 140, which is where you need to be when it comes to like any kind of like food stuff. You know what I, you know what I mean? Like your danger zone's under 140. Since you guys don't have a storefront right now, mm-hmm. um, and you guys are outsourcing all the equipment, and then you know you get the off hours that you guys are doing it on, what's the best place for our listeners to pick up your guys' coffee on a day-to-day basis if they you know, hear from us about it and then find out that they like it? Where can they go and grab that? Our website is one of the main places to go. You got online shopping? Yeah, online okay. shopping. That's good to uh, know. That's one of the biggest places. Um, if you're in the area that we are in, um, we sell it at Wheaton Meat Company in downtown Wheaton, cool. and then in downtown Lyle at the Collective. There's also a couple stores that we, like um, restaurants that we sell to, that like they, that's the coffee they use at their restaurant for 
service. Great. So you had a nice little base to start off with the, the beginning of your company. Yeah. What are those? I mean, your you your URL is what manbotcoffee.com. Manbotcoffee roasters. Manbot coffee What restaurants are you guys in? Uh, we're in Maze and Mash in Glen Ellen, um, Barrel and Rye in Geneva, and the Lodi Tap House in Maple Park. And I can't and, remember where their other location is. It's uh, out in uh, Utica, out by Start Rock. We worked with so many cool, awesome people at Two Brothers, and we had a great relationship with all those guys. Like, we still talk to them. And one of those people is actually one of the brewers over at Alter Brewing Company. Long story short, they do Alter, the Alter Fest every year which we're lucky enough to be a part of where we sling cold brew there, which I think now that they push it back to October this year, we probably should do hot coffee. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah probably should this year. But they do variants with all their beers, and they do it with our coffee in it. So like oh, they'll nice. do like a, a couple barrel-aged things. Like they, it, mm-hmm. They've done like just play around. It's so awesome. It's such an awesome thing to be able to like just like, oh, let's see what it tastes like in Dan's Brown Ale. Like, you know, barrel aged and a fucking whatever cask, you know, and it's always turned out. It was really cool. So we were there at the, I think it was like their I, second year. It was, it, was second. it was our first year. Yeah. And uh, there was this GM of Lodi at the time was just like hanging out, walking around and we were bullshitting. And he was like, dude, all I want is Illinois. All I want is local, anything that I can get. And I'm like, if you guys are cool with, <laughs> with Alter, I want your coffee. I was like, all right, cool. And I fucking went out there like the next day with coffee. And I was like, hey, man, I'm like, try our coffee this way. Because all we had was cold brew at the time. And then it was just, all right, cool, we're in. And Dude, that's sweet. Yeah. That's awesome. So, that's like, really they just, cool. They've kept kept up. They opened their other location in Utica. And they're like, all right, cool, we're using your coffee over here. It feels like the, the coffee, like the small batch coffee community is, is very tight-knit based on what you're talking about. Similar to the brewing company, it, the it, brewing yeah, beer industry similar. where you're – you're all kind of doing the same thing, even though it's competitive, it's a competitive market, and you're out there on the daily grind against each other. But at the end of the day, you're all making coffee and doing the same thing. Um, obviously, you got the roasting. You guys are doing it all. You guys are ground floor. You're out there selling it. You guys are pushing it. What's your favorite part of the job besides drinking the coffee and the, the camaraderie in the, the small batch world? Fucking working with Mike. Nice. Honestly. Like, that's my, that's my were, favorite. Were you going to say working with him? <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like, 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 the thing is, like, no, honestly, like, the, the thing is, it's like, it's like, do you want us to leave a little bit? No, we want you to watch. Yeah, yeah. It it makes more fun. We got cameras. Because of our current work schedules outside of this, because right now, like, we're making Manbot happen outside of our regular nine-to-fiver jobs. Quote-unquote nine-to-fiver jobs. Right, exactly. We we, we, we all know nine-to-five isn't a thing. Nobody's working nine-to-five. No, I don't want one of those. On the the chance that we get to hang out and, like, I say hang out, but, like, we roasted, like, a couple months ago, we roasted for the first time in daylight for the first time in what a year more than that for more sure. than a year yeah it was awesome it was like there was like a new energy to us into our conversations because yeah. like it wasn't like we hadn't spent the whole night at work sure. we were going up to the roastery at midnight sure so being able to like hang out and like roast and talk and like having the energy like, being rejuvenated by yeah. what you do well, we were just like sitting yeah. there like passionate about what you're doing you just yeah everything about it was like drinking coffee you're like looking into it even more so we were also on like a a totally different roaster like at this point we've like two years in we've roasted on like like 17 different fucking machines which is crazy most people yeah. have only roasted on one sure can you actually like on roasting day roast and then make a cup of coffee with that like right away or is that like is there a delay i mean you can you shouldn't you shouldn't you should yeah. let it kind of yeah. settle for a while Mike, my, my yeah I, w- take, I would say take this one buddy yeah <laughs> I, I would say at least let it mellow for like at least 36 hours bare minimum for like 
right where like brewing like drip coffee if you're gonna make espresso with it minimum minimum a week really in a week to 10 days okay. yeah just um when you make espresso there's some stuff going on with the machinery that like if you don't let it rest long enough the coffee kind of fights you when you make the espresso a little bit so it can be a little weird again sometimes necessity means you roast it and you're using it the next day but yeah. but yeah i mean ideally you want to let it rest it we just sell it 24 to 36 hours before you brew the reason for it is you gotta let your coffee degas there's a lot of what is it uh, uh, co2, CO2 in there yeah <laughs> we're always degassing yeah. over here <laughs> You're, you're doing so much to the chemical makeup of it that, like, a lot comes off of it, you know? That's why there's those little valves on all coffee bags and shit like that, you know? Yeah, it, it is all kind of funny like that how, you know, obviously I just learned that coffee has to kind of be rested. I smoke meat. You know, meat's got to be rested unless, you know, you're, you're cooking something that you eat right away. But most meats have to be rested at least a half hour, 15 yeah. minutes. Um, even in beer too, right? Beer, uh, you're not going to drink it right right no, after you, you brew can't. it. It's, it's terrible, <laughs> right? It's absolutely terrible. It is kind of weird how all yeah. those things kind of come together in that way. That you know, they're all they all the, need a rest. The best, they all need a, the best thing. We all we all need time. rest. We all need to chill. Drive slow, homie. Time. Oh yeah. Um, looking at your shirt right now and your logo, Manbot Coffee Roasters. Just kind of interested in like you know what your branding you know stands for. I, I think the name kind of came from Hoffman, your last name, Mike. Came from both of our last names. And Clavitz yeah. Bot Manbot. So I'm just kind of curious like how that all came together and sort of like your your overarching like brand message like what you guys are going for one of my biggest inspirations for all of it was was salamoth like i love him to death um mike and i are huge fans of punk like we played in a kind of a band together we wanted to do something different like we like punk music we like sci-fi we like uh, i like comic books futurama is a huge like influence for us like just in like like we want to have fun we want to laugh we want to have a good time i hate stuffy fucking college like style that just like that cookie cutter fucking coffee shop and a lot of and and then like you know like from being at two brothers there was a lot that had to do with like fuck this style like i want to do like uh like i want to make our own thing like what we are you know so it was a lot of like the way it was kind of approached was like if we were to open a brewery this is how we would do it if we were to start a band, this is how we would do it, you know? So what it is is just the best way to put it would be like a place where you can come and be friends with Mike and I. Like that's what Manbot is, I would say. Dude, all this talk about your coffee, I want to try some. What do you guys got for us today? All right, so right now we have um, we have our, our Guatemala, which is in the French press. It, it is our, our darkest roast out of all the coffees that we make. Again, not super dark because we tend to favor a lighter roast, but uh, a little darker, a little fuller bodied, a lot of chocolate. Um, you get some fruit out of it. Kind of like a lighter acidity, but it's a little more full-bodied. Nice. Oh, ooh, ooh! To get the sound of it pouring into the cup, you dirty dog, John. You want to get my coffee fart later? <laughs> it totally smells delicious. It sounds delicious. <laughs> Man, bought coffee sounds delicious. I, the, the whole process and watching Mike make these is is really impressive, and it, that, well, I think that it adds to what I'm about to drink here. It adds to who's that one for? Like how jo- dare, like when you when you asked us the question, how do we like our coffee? It really depends. Like you could do so many different things. Like there's a there's espresso where you're you're like you're adding like pressure to like roasting sure. or uh, brewing. And then there is the there is the French press, which is the way that we're doing our Guatemala and a French press is going to be a much co- more coarse grind. It's going to be like like breadcrumb you know, like that would be the best way, like breadcrumb that you would usually like toss like chicken in, you know, like that you're going to fry. What you're doing with the French press and you're doing a coarse grind, blooming with hot water. 
So you fill your French press up halfway with hot water, let it rest, bloom up real nice, you mix that and add the rest of your water. And then once it's ready to go, you drop your plunger and you pour your coffee. So bloom up meaning like you kind of let it froth, kind of let it bubble up. Kind of yeah, let... you, like so like we were talking about earlier with um, letting your coffee degas, this is like that extra quality control for yourself at home. Like if you let your coffee bloom, you're going to get the like the rest of that gas out of there. This smells delicious. Aroma, for sure, like heavy duty in your face. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's all up in there. It's it's a nice light finish on the taste. Yeah. It, it doesn't stay with you. doesn't linger. The flavor is... It's not bitter at all. It's not bitter. It's 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 almost it's got a little bit of sweetness to it. So you mentioned that you know it's not bitter, it's not sour, it's not overly burned. It's, it's like, a clean finish. If, if you get a, a, a good cup of roasted coffee that's fresh and well roasted, you're not going to get those off flavors in it that are that are bad. Like it, a coffee never should taste burned. Never should never taste bitter. I mean, if you ever do. Yeah. It's not well roasted coffee. I usually throw some sugar and cream in there. I with that coffee and what we just drank, we don't even need it. We also have our uh, our Ethiopia, which is my current favorite. A lot of black tea, uh, some lemongrass, almost like a, a honey sweetness to it. Again, very low acidity, but just very very smooth. But it's a bit more a uh, bit more of like a, a lighter coffee. Chris and I love Ethiopian coffees. They're some of the some of the weirdest, but some of the best coffees in my opinion that we've ever had and roasted. It's it has um, it's 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 good flavor and I like the sweetness and kind of the the tea lingering as it as it cools down you'll get more of that. Tea uh, but sure. I, I I'm gonna in my personal opinion I like the the first one better. Yeah, I I feel yeah. like the the robustness of that flavor yeah. is, 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 is more is more my jam. Yeah. Best part, I love that. Well, because so like much. I think what it is is for a lot of people this isn't coffee flavored coffee. If, if, if that makes sense, it's like people expect some roast dark chocolate and sure. Like, so it's just a different sure. style. Yeah, and it, it's totally fine. It's totally fine. I mean, there, there's so many different ways to roast coffee. A few months ago, Chris and I were at uh, Five and Hook, and they were roasting the same coffee that we were carrying, and we were working on the same machine, made two totally different coffees. Yeah. The the so exact same the origin. exact same origin coffee, like almost, exact same machine, but yeah, really beans different. are coming from the same people. Yeah, same hands on it, same fucking farm, same machine. It was just Mike and I doing it versus our our buddy Tyler doing it. Thank you so much for bringing oh, yeah. your coffee on here. Oh, Let's yeah. get away. Where, where can we find you next? We're going to be doing Ultra Fest again this year, which will be in October. All right. See you there. Not a, not a lot going on there. Like our uh, Ultra not, Fest yeah, out of like Downers? Ultra Fest, yeah, out of Downers. So okay. Not, like, it's it's really simple. We're going to do some variants with them. We'll be slinging some of our coffee. That's such a good time. Definitely come out for that. In the near future, we have a project going with Metal Monkey Brewing. We're going to be doing... Up and Adam uh, Brown Ale. Okay. Which um, up and at them. A little, a little collaboration with them. <laughs> up and yes. at them. Yeah. Manbat yeah. Yeah. Uh, Coffee Roasters with uh, Metal Monkey. Yeah, where so, they, where so are they out of? Based on Romeoville, Rav Harbor Route 53, back in Industrial Park, like all the good, brew- good breweries are. Of course. Um, yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. never out in the open. No, no. never, never Hit easy it. to get to. Never yeah. out. In the- this one they're doing like a full run on, and it's gonna be canned, gonna be going out to market. Handful of barrels. Yeah. That's gonna yeah. be a huge boost. <laughs> huge, huge boost oh, yeah. for you guys. Yeah. yeah. Now that we're all amped up on coffee, well, let's drink, let's have the downers. <laughs> You're welcome. So we got the Beverage of Champions by Salamoth out of Naperville. Bourbon barrel-aged coffee milk stout with sweet orange peel. Everybody get a big nose on it. The, the, the citrus comes through real nice on there. Yeah, I, can, I can smell the, the bourbon barrel in there, too. Yeah. At 8%? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, even though it's only 8.2, I, I, I can smell the barrel 10. there, too. All right, cool. Let's, yeah. let's get a little sip and uh, talk about it. 
That's, that's smooth. That is tasty. That, dude. that is tasty. No wonder why this is 11 bucks a can. John, what's your thoughts on it? Did you try it? I did try it. Like I thought like on the nose it was a little weird, like um just because like the citrus in the barrel Sure. Uh, aged kind of smell to it. To me, it always kind of smells like weird. But when you taste it, it, it tastes really good. And I thought, actually, I, I got a rumble mints next to this glass right now. And we, I honestly weirdness. think. Hey, surprise, surprise. Yeah, I honestly <laughs> think. Holy shit. If you get a little drop of this rumple mints Just a little into dab. this beer. A little dab? I think it might actually work. Let me get a little dab, bro. Start dabbing our beers. <laughs> oh, my God. No, that's, that, that's well, a sipping. I'm, I'm taking that's a, a sip of rumple and then sip of the barrel. That's all a, right, here a, we are, a sipping here we are, social Johnny. special. You, you dab a little, little rumpies, dab, a little, little dab, a little coffee beer. Kaboom. That is like a box of mint chocolates. <laughs> we got producer is slash it question master slash, slash mixologist, mixologist no. over here. I, feel, I, can't, like, I can't not do Having not had it together, I would agree. Take a sip before. Okay. The biggest thing I got off... Off the first sip, though, big time chocolate, like big, big, big time chocolate. All right here's MC going yeah. for the, uh, the well, combo. So we got Clabbit's going with the combo. We got the Andy's mint box over here. Holy shit! <laughs> Is that not right, dude? Here goes Mike. If those bartenders do not carry a bottle of fucking rum and mints at that at that bar. They're out of their fucking mind. What do you think, Mike? That's freaking delicious. Right? That is unbelievable. Yeah. That is a box of Andy's mints right there. <laughs> that, it, seriously, it seriously is. Marshall's Field, Marshall oh, Field's mints. Oh, my goodness. Rock Bottom had, had a thing where they had a porter and they had, it was some sort of like variation on a porter, but they were serving a shot of Bernier as a sidecar with it. What? Yeah. Really? That's that honey liqueur, right? Yeah. Which oh, means, man. Yeah, it's a honey dribble liqueur, but you got them together. And it's like, and I asked the bartender, what do I do with this? He's like, well, you just... Yeah, you, you can dump it in or take a little sip on your beer, sip of the beer in your ear. Little sip, nip, sip, little sip, nip. Sip. And it's like, whatever you want to do it. I'm like, this is incredible. Dude, that's and awesome. Like, yeah. Yeah. No. So it's a, it's amazing how things come together like that that just are palatable. Yeah, when you're, when and, you're, you're fucked up and producing a podcast. What are you talking about? We're sober as a judge right now. <laughs> I know a lot of judges. And I don't know if that actually works. <laughs> All right, on to the next beer. We got River, Riverland's first catch of the day. I don't know a lot about this brewery. They're out of St. Charles. I do know that they're young, um, but this beer is definitely uh, supposed to be one of their specialties. It's an imperial stout made with coffee, and uh, we're going to do it up and, and compare it to what we just had. This is 12%, so we're we're getting bigger now. We were at 8.2, now we're at 12. Oh, this okay, comes in okay. a 16-ounce can. What do we got for the roaster on there? Cassis Coffee. Tell us a little bit about the can. Describe the can to us, Chris. All right, so we have a, a nice uh, it's blue turquoise blue can, a little tall boy with a uh, fun like fifty style font on the front. I'd it say says, so. It's diner uh, diner style. Yeah, it's it's got a real diner style look to it. And at closer inspection, um, what you assume is clouds in the turquoise background is actually or marshmallows um, is coffee beans. It's all the uh, highlighted parts of coffee beans nice so a little bit of it's thought actually, into actually, the product it's actually pretty cool cool yeah the, the label is pretty cool let's uh let's get a little nose on it this one smells pretty boozy it smells real boozy it says maple and vanilla um i get the maple it says on brewed there. with I, 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 yeah. it says brewed yeah. with cassis coffee comma maple and vanilla okay so they're all right i get what they're saying now they're uh they're farting definitely the get the maple yeah. Absolutely. Wow, oh, that is tasty. Yeah. That is very tasty. Oh, yeah. oh my goodness. I hate to say it, this is, this is a little step up from the last one. This smells exactly like uh, 
It, dude, it almost smells like, um, minus like the super like acidic like aroma, it smells like aged balsamic. Yeah, I get that maple and the um, the dark chocolate back in. Oh, shit. I'd pour this on pancakes, man. Shit. It tastes like Actually, pancakes. That, that'd be delicious on pancakes. That would, yeah. Yeah. I would, you know what I, I, I just would? Just put a big I old would. scoop of butter right in there. Mm. Slather it Get up. that heart attack going. Not to or, get like or, too like food nerdy. Or, or I reduce this bad bitch down. Put it in some heavy cream. The, the, the problem nice is when cooking cream. with something like this, it, it's expensive. Oh, fuck yeah. That'd be fucking stupid. <laughs> it's dumb. This is house shit. This is like, oh, hey, Chris has got the fucking day off. He's going to make some pancakes with some sick-ass first catch of the day. That's that's what's going to happen. Otherwise, yeah. It's a $30 I'd, pancake. Yeah, it's an expensive pancake. This would be fucking great on smoked meats, like we were talking about before, right? Especially in the wrap phase when you do like, you know, ribs or, you know, like a... Steam with a, it. Yeah, like a brisket or something like that. Like, you know, in that wrap phase pour that as a sauce to sort of keep the moisture in and flavor it. Yeah, I think that would kind of do something interesting. I, I would have to try to figure out or you know do some research on like what meat would probably work what pork. Probably work best. Do you think pork? Yeah. yeah don't yeah. do research. I'll tell you right, All right. now. Pork. <laughs> we, we got one more thing to get into before we wrap up this podcast and uh, it's our customer of the week. Customer we always talk about our customer of the week and I got a doozy for you guys. If you're not in the industry, you might not understand how this works, all right? We call them verbal tippers, all right? People who come in, you bust your hump for them. About three-quarters of the way through the night, whether they're at table or they're sitting in the bar, they look at you and say, hey, buddy, you've done a great job. The moment somebody says that, 99% of the time, you're like, fuck, <laughs> that tip does not pay for my rent because you know that that's coming out of the tip. And if you're expecting an 18 to 20% tip, when somebody says that, you're looking at 10%. Because in their mind, they've... They're justifying it. They're justifying it, and they've told you what they want you to hear, which is that you've done a good job. And when they leave with that 10% tip to them, it's all good. But for us, we're working in an industry that rely on the cash tips. And I'll give you a prime example, okay? I think it was like two Fridays ago, this young group of kids come in. One of them just turned 21. He was the last one to turn 21. It was a good mix of, of girls and, and guys, like four girls and five guys, and they were having a great time. They were actually really respectful, except the one girl who was wasted, she kept looking at me and be like, you're the best bartender I've ever had. I've been to plenty of bars throughout the U.S., and you're the best bartender. And as soon as she said that, I'm like, Fuck. oh, jeez, here we go. <laughs> so her bill was $50.76. How much money do you think I got tipped on that? Two fifty. Two, two. I'd say three bucks. Okay. I'm gonna say two and whatever rounds out to an even dollar amount. Johnny, what you got? I'm gonna say four dollars and a number. You're all wrong. Zero. Zero. You got a big old fucking goose egg on that one. Zero dollars. So verbal tippers. We don't want your verbal tip. We don't don't, don't care about your opinion. What we care about. Is your wallet? Yeah. And honestly, well, I mean, well, all right. So not in that, not, not in that regard. <laughs> now we, we we care about the job. Yeah. And we're putting it in there. But sure. if you're gonna on a fifty dollar and seventy six cent tab, you're gonna give me the verbal tip that I'm the best bartender you ever had. At least give me five get, bucks, dude. Give me a couple. At bucks. least five. A couple bucks. bucks. Well, right. I mean, the way you're talking about, it, like, you're not. A, it's not a reward. No. For your work, it's you're depending upon that money. Right. I I know? think a now, lot I, of... now I have salary. I'm a right. general manager. I get paid. So I'm not worried about that girl actually tipping me. But the fact that she went you way, should, out, of, you way, out, of, way out of her way to be like, you're the best bartender I've ever had. The moment she said that, yeah. I, knew, I knew where we stood. 
I seriously oh. did. So then, I, the, so then in my mind, I shut down on giving her the best service that I could. Not that I should have. Which is, but I'm now more worried about the other folks who aren't verbally tipping me, mm-hmm. who I know that I give them normal good service that I normally do. I'm gonna get my fifteen to twenty percent. Yeah. So it's not that I ignored her and her group of friends, but she was just like, ah, "You're the best bartender ever." Nothing. Compass are nice. However, here's the thing: it's like you can't turn that around, and go to Comcast, and be like, "Hey, you guys did a great job providing me with <laughs> your right. service." Here's, here's so I'm going to short. I'm going to short you by fifteen percent for your services for this month I get because it. it's like, well. You, you, oh, but you were so good in your service. You, I got what service I wanted for you guys this month. But here's seven hundred percent of what I owe Dude. you. It's, it's it's like the it's like, uh, no, fuck off. What is it? The, hang, the hangover where they're like, couldn't find a parking spot. Here's three bucks. <laughs> Whatever. You know what I mean? So they just park the Dude, fucking car love, in the bucket. I would middle. love to go to the city that I live in and be like, hey man, good job getting that energy to me. <laughs> That shit, that shit was sick. And then just, no, not even hand him anything. Okay. Fucking walk away. Just piece it out. That's it. Like, Thanks, bro. Man, that was Thanks sick. Thanks for your energy, that your time. You killed sick it. Sick as fuck. You made dude. my buddy's 21st <laughs> birthday off the hook. Dude, Here's nothing. Do you even, you even know? You know how many Christmas lights I had on? It was insane. So we can talk about verbal tippers all night. Obviously, oh, man, we, we could. We, we absolutely yeah, could. Yeah. So, but we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. First and foremost, I want to thank Manbot Coffee Roasters for coming on here, thank Mike you. and Chris. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah. I re- you guys, thank like, you. I really thank you. appreciate the shit. Cool, man. Well, we've had awesome. a great time, and anytime you guys are launching new stuff, we got new stuff coming out that you guys want to come on here and and push that and let us know about it. We'd love to talk to you guys about it. Thank you for joining us. Please contact us. Send us some emails. For those of you that know us, please text us. We want to know what you want us to talk about. We want you guys to get in touch with us, and we want this to be as interactive as possible. On the next episode, podcast number 11, we're super excited to have a a lovely lady on that she is the vice president of a recruiting firm in the city for hospitality groups. She's going to come on, and she's going to tell us a lot about the industry that we don't know in the city and how competitive is to get managers and bartenders that are really really good she's awesome i can't wait to talk to her thanks again guys for joining us awesome awesome podcast look forward to seeing you guys on the the flip side and uh until the next time cheers cheers later First of all, we'd like to thank all of our listeners, families, and friends that support us throughout this. We couldn't do this without you. Subscribe to us on iTunes and check out exclusive content at our website, SippingSocialPodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook. If you like this podcast, tell your friends about us. A huge thank you to our producer, John, in the Underground Studio. A shout-out to our boy, Johnny Perona and Devin Portet. That's the rock and music you're hearing in the background. Thanks again, and we look forward to the next cocktail with you. She's like the cat as I'm